discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, so I have so many things to share with you this evening. But I'll try to be as snappy as possible so that we don't, you know, go for too long. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we are sharing with you is to help you um, understand your future, the future of the church, the future of the world, so that you would uh, you would take necessary steps today. Do you see? I don't think you'd want your brother or your sister or your uncles or your aunties or a friend to be left behind when the rapture comes and, and go through the tribula great tribulation. I mean, God will have mercy on people you know, who are left, professing Christian, because like I was saying the last time, our departure will mean they are, they are changed. They will see that God is really serious about what he has been saying all this while. You know, a lot of people think that God is not serious about what he says in his word. A lot of people think that, that God is not really, he doesn't really mean it. You remember, uh, in Second uh, Peter chapter, chapter, chapter 3, I think, let me just look for it and read it for you. Amazing. Let's pray. Let's share a word of prayer and then we'll continue. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that giving us your word proceeds. It brings us into great grace and causes us to receive insights, understanding. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is granting us great understanding into your word. And we are moved from one level of glory to the other, even as we hear, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, Second Peter chapter 3, he says, This second epistle from verse 1, Beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before, by the holy prophets and of the commandments of as the apostles of the Lord and Savior and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking in their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, or since the fathers died, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Can you imagine? So people people talk like this. Do you see? Like he's not coming, what is going on? Hmm. Now, go down to verse 8. Same book, same chapter, verse 8. It says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's not slack concerning his promise at all, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us all, not willing that any should perish, but that all all, not some, but that all should come to repentance. God wants all 
to come to repentance. He wants everybody to come to repentance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is why he's not come out as well. He wants your brother to change. He wants your sister to receive him. He wants your uncle and your auntie to receive him. That is why it's, it's in your own interest to share the gospel with people who are close to you and people who are not even close to you. That's why we must make sure the gospel gets to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all these things that I'm saying is to help know your position as a child of God in the church. Know what your destiny is so that you can be confident in God and be confident in what he has said in his word and not be in fear. Because all the things that are happening in the world, for, for instance, all, what, when these things started happening, when uh, COVID-19 came you know, initially and there was so much fear, so much fear, because a lot of people didn't know, you know who they were and what God has said concerning them. And it triggered, if you notice, nobody is expecting, nobody is saying something about another religious leader coming. Nobody is afraid that uh, Buddha is coming. Or this one. There's nothing like that. There's, 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 uh, there's fear that Jesus is coming, rather. Because it shows that there's only one who is alive and is coming back. <laughs> and what he has said is sure. So when all these things started happening, the first thing all of, all of humanity said was that, is he coming? Are these signs of his coming? Because he's going to come. You see, so God wants us to understand some of you. For instance, there are a lot of things that are written in Genesis that has nothing to do with the church. Sorry, in Revelation, that has nothing to do with the church. Because those who believe in pre-tribulation rapture, like I do, believe that the church is, the last time the church is mentioned in the book of Revelation is, is in chapter 3. After chapter 3, the church is not mentioned again. You will not see the church mentioned, the church like this, never. Throughout, up until and Revelation chapter 19, when we come with him, you see. And in chapter 4 verse 1, if you read Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, the Bible mentions, it says, After this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice I which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. You see. So, um, theologians say, I'm not a theologian, theologians say that, um, John is a type of the church, and this represents the rapture. When John was told to come up hither, he was taken away. And when he was taken away, all the woes and all the things that befell the world started coming in. So the church is last spoken of in chapter 3, and then it is taken away symbolically with what was said to John. It's one of the things that they believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as for the church, we are on a different level altogether. But for professing Christians, for professing people who are in the system, who are, I've told you, that's a great danger. Don't just be a professing Christian. Allow the word of God to change you. Allow, do the right, do what you're supposed to do. Believe in Jesus Christ, the Lord and personal Savior. Believe in the fact that he died and rose again on the third day. And confess it for yourself. That is the qualification of the new birth. And as soon as you get born again, you are part of the bride of Christ. And he's mandated to come for you. He's mandated to come for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the last time we're talking about the Great Tribulation and some of the things that will be happening, that's stage four, right? Is it stage four or five? Stage four, stage five of the marriage um, um, stages. Okay, we're talking about the stages of the Jewish marriage. And we're on stage five. 
And the last I mentioned that stage five had to do with um, the marriage and the feasting, isn't it? The marriage and then the feasting. If you notice, not much is said about the marriage and even the feasting in, in the Bible. We don't have much being said. Because from that time on, it was joy unspeakable that is full of glory. Only joy. For, for some, in some Jewish um, culture, there are actually different sets of Jews. We have Ashkenazi Jews and we have all kinds of Jews. There are different, there are a lot of differences among the Jews, even though they are, it's like being in Ghana. We are all in Ghana, but then there are different aspects, tribes, Ghana's, this one, but there's a common tree that is amongst all of us. We are all Ghanaians, do you see? Uh -huh. So, there are various aspects of the Jews. There are certain portions of the, the, the Jewish marriages in certain tribes of the Jews that has to do with, um, um, well, as soon as the bride is stolen, all brides are stolen in Israel, all brides, no matter your tribe, you are, they are all stolen. And after the, after, in some of the tribes, after the bride is stolen, the bride is taken straight to the groom's house, okay? And she's taken, she, they give her a shower before she goes into the groom's room in the father's house. And it is said that the shower is the change of the body. She, sh she showers so she can get the fresher body to participate in the, and that is our rapture. That is the, the resurrected body that we receive. And then we are taken into the groom's room. So when you when the bride is taken into a groom's room, she stays in a groom's room for seven days. Yes, the, she and the groom alone are in the room. They are brought. Food is food is in abundance. Drink is in abundance. Everything is in abundance. So that is actually the consummation and the feasting, the initial feasting. Do you get it? Which is between the groom and the bride alone in that special room for seven days. After seven days, then they come out to another type of feast where every other person is invited. So on the seventh day, every other person is invited. All of them will come. And then the groom and the bride will come out, which represents... So the first, the seven days, as I mentioned the last time, is the seven years of marriage and feasting. You see, but it has... It's just for the groom and the bride to enjoy themselves. Then after that, they come out in the public for everybody to see them. And that, that marks the second coming of Christ, the second aspect of the second coming of Christ, where heaven opens. So Christ will come and show his bride to the world that this is my bride. And then there will be a feasting on earth, actually. So the 1,000 year reign has to do with feasting as well. There's a feasting before the rulership and all of that happens. You see, So it's, it's an exciting thing. I don't think you would want to be, you'd want to be left out of such a beautiful thing that God has prepared just for you and I. Just receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And join in on the fun. Because it's fun all the way. Making Christ the Lord of your life is the best decision you will ever make in your life. Both in this time and in the time to come. So it's in your own interest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whilst the groom and the bride are having a nice time in their, in their marriage and feasting in their bedroom. Enjoying. On earth. Outside of the groom's house. There's... Chaos. So on earth, there's great tribulation. And I mentioned that the last time. That the first three and a half years, the, the seven days that they spend together is actually years. And the, during the seven-year period, you have the first three and a half years where the Antichrist is revealed. Of course, as soon as Christ is taken, as soon as the church and the, the spirit are taken, um, you have the Antichrist in full manifestation. The, the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he that let it will let. Okay, so as soon as the church is taken, then he shows up fully. And when he shows up fully, he will sign a, 
deal. I showed you that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. He will sign a deal with the, the Jews that he will not touch them. That he will give them peace between them and their, the rest of the people around for seven years. And in the midst of the seven years, the first three and a half years, he persecutes the church so much. He persecutes the, not the church, he persecutes the, the people who are left, who become saints immediately we leave. You see, he persecutes them for three and a half years. Kill so many, behead so many, do all kinds of things to so many. And in the midst of the seven years, which is the three and a half years, he sacrifices a pig in the altar, in the, on the altar of God. And then all of Israel will know that this guy is the Antichrist. Then he tends to start persecuting the Israel, Israel. And it will not be a joke for Israel at all. Let me show you. Go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 22 from verse 20 to verse 28. It's chapter 21 rather, not chapter 22. Luke chapter 21, not 22. Luke 21, 20. Jesus said, And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nine. So as soon as Israel says that we know who you are and they reject him, his armies will come. He will bring his armies to, to Israel. It will not be easy. Go back to 20, verse 20. Luke 21, 20. And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nine. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Have you seen? And let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. If you are out, don't come in. If you are in force, do your, do your best to go away. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people, that's upon the Jews. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword. He shall kill a lot of Jews. And shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden. That's why he says, one shall be taken and one shall be left. Uh -huh. And Jerusalem shall be trodden under, down of the Gentiles until the, the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it will not be easy for them at all, at all, at all, at all, at all. But during the Great Tribulation, many are actually saved. Because God is so merciful. Many people are saved during the Great Tribulation. Thousands and thousands of people are saved. But it will be great tribulation. I don't know if you get it. Uh, a lot of pain. There's been a time in the church where man, there are, I spoke about the wrath of man some time ago, where man has really punished man. Yeah. And it will be, it will be like that during the great tribulation as well. The Antichrist will really punish those who decide not to take his number and decide not to flow with him and decide to do their own thing and follow the Lord. It's not easy for them. But the Lord will save a lot. So if you look at Revelation chapter 6 from verse 9 to verse 11, you see a mention of the, the tribulation saints. I mentioned some the last time. It says, And when he had opened the fifth, fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. They were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Because those that dwell on the earth are the ones who killed them. Next verse. And white robes were given unto them, unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So it seems as though all the, the tribulation things will be killed. A lot, almost all of them, because when Jesus comes, you will not come and meet any of them. 
they'll delete all of them. Look at Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And cried the loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Verse 11. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne and their faces on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto God our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Next verse. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these? Which are arrayed in white robes, and whence come they? The, the, the elders, one of the twenty-four elders, asked him, "What are these?" And he said, "Next verse." John said, and I said unto him, "Say, thou knowest. Who am I? I mean, how can I know? Thou knowest." And he said to them, "These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb." Next verse. Therefore are they before the, the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he, and he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Next verse. They shall hunger no more, neither test any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them into the living, unto the living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So these are people who enter heaven with tears. So they, really, they are really taken through a lot. And they are given white robes. Like I said, they are not given their resurrected bodies until Christ comes the, on the second aspect of the second coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of our pastors, Pastor Mark said, is the third coming. <laughs> so that's, that's for um, those who are professing Christians among all nations. You know, so he mentioned that these are people who are from all nations. Every tribe under heaven. So many people will, will believe in the Lord during those times. That's verse Verse 9, it says, and after, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude. You see, he couldn't number them. In Revelations, there are many numbers that are given. There are specific numbers. You see a thousand, thousand. That means a million. You know? But this one, it says, a great multitude, which no man could number. You cannot number them. Meaning there are a lot of people. And this is the mercy of God for them. This is the mercy of God at that time for the people at that time. It's, it's not a small thing. They will die terrible deaths, but it's God's mercy. Yeah, it is God's mercy for them. It's God's mercy for them. It's better than the lake of fire forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then some Jews are also marked, especially by God. You know, during the great tribulation, they are marked, especially by God. They have the mark of God in their foreheads. And they are not touched with the terror that God pours out on the earth. 144,000 of them. Revelation chapter 7. Okay. So they are, the 144,000 is not Christians. Some people say it's Christians. It's not, please, it's not Christians. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 to 8. Read your Bible well. You will see it. Revelation 7 from verse 1. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to head the earth and the sea. Say, hurt not the, the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees. So we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And they, there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. 
How is it? Yeah. Next verse. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of God were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asa were sealed 12,000. And the tri and of the tribe of Naphtali were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were, were sealed 12,000. Next verse. And of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun, Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So 12,000 from each tribe. Now, a specific number is mentioned here. But we know that the number 12 is what? That's the number of, it's the number of God. It's perfection. Isn't it? Even the New Jerusalem is mentioned in 12. It's governmental perfection. Do you know the New Jerusalem's dimensions are mentioned in 12? In 12. Uh -huh. It's a square measured in 12. Uh -huh. Which has to do with governmental perfection. So we don't know whether it is actually a number 12,000, specific 12,000, or it has something to do with. Uh, because I don't, know, I don't know what God has in mind. Because the mystery behind this one, I cannot explain. Or is it bad that I cannot explain? If, I, I don't know if it's actual 12,000 or it has something to do with uh, governmental perfection. That is saving all of Israel. Because actually God, Jesus will come and come and save all of Israel on that day. Let's, let's read Romans. Romans chapter 11, verse 25. For I am not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel unto the fullness of the Gentiles becoming. What are the fullness of the Gentiles? That's the time, the, the time which we are in is called the times of the Gentiles. Uh, and the times of the Gentiles will end on a certain day. When Jesus comes with us from heaven. Okay, so back to verse 26. He says, and so all Israel shall be saved. Have you seen it? Yeah. Go from 25 to 26. So that I read it well. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happening to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be coming. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it's written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, that is Jesus Christ, on that day when he comes out, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Verse, verse uh, 27. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. Now, when is, when is he talking about? Israel is brought back to, to God, or God focuses back on Israel the day we are taken out. The day we are taken out, God starts focusing back on Israel. I don't know if you get it. Uh -huh. So that 12,000 mentioned, and he mentioned all the tribes of Israel, apart from Dan, of course. The tribe of Dan is not mentioned. Uh -huh. There's another story about that one. So he mentions all the tribes, and he, he says 12,000, 12,000, 12,000. And he looks as though, because of the way he's saying that a, 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 Christ shall, a deliverer shall come out of Zion and shall deliver all of them. All of Israel shall be saved. It seems that he shall, that 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 it has to do with sealing all the tribes. Uh -huh. So go to, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's something for us all to think about and to read about and meditate on. Yeah. Revelation chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 5. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the mount of Zion, Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Next verse. And I heard a voice from heaven as a voice of many waters and as a number, as a voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Next verse. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts, and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand, which were redeemed from the earth. 
These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb with us wherever he go. It has nothing to do with normal virginity. This has to do with this has to do with following <laughs> following because mystery Babylon is a woman. Babylon is a woman. Okay, Revelation chapter seven, uh, verse three and four talks about mystery Babylon. Let's read it. We can read from verse one. Let's read from verse one. Revelations. No, 17 rather, sorry, 17. Revelation 17 from verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying, saying, Come unto me, hither. Say unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. Have you seen it? And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Stop imagining things. It's not a beast and all of that. It was the, that was how he saw it, and it was all explained to him. Verse 4. And the woman was, was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots or fornications. The word harlots is the same as fornications. The mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So when the Bible talks about those that group being virgins, it has to do with not tampering with the things of this world. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So go back to, don't worry if you've lost your virginity, Jesus is still Lord. There are secondary virgins and ter- tertiary virgins. Yeah, Even the boys who are asking people, ladies, whether they are virgins, are you a virgin? It's okay. Keep your virginity if you have it. Okay. These are they which were not defiled with women. Let's preach. Let's preach. For they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb with us wherever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruit unto God and to the Lamb. It's like another type of group of people. Next verse, verse 5. And in their mouth was found no girl, for they are without fall before the throne of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, and there are places where the Bible talks about those who had the mark of God in their forehead. And they were not hurt with all the things that were ha- was happening on the earth during that time. You can look for it for me and then I'll put it, we can put it there. Okay, just type the mark of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So these ones are also saved. Okay. Then another group that is also saved um, are those who, who are, who are um, saved because of the preaching of the two witnesses. So in Revelation chapter 11 from verse 1, all the way to verse 13. Let's read Revelation 11 from verse 1. I'm just showing the mercy of God. God, God saved so many groups. So many groups. Save this one, save this one, through various means. Because he's not willing that any man should perish. He doesn't want any man. He wants all. So those who could not join the church to go, even during the tribulation, he will still, yeah. They will die. But then when they, have, when they die, they come and be with him. They will die because of him. And he will pick, he will pick them. Hallelujah. And there was giving me a reed like unto a rod. You, have you found that scripture? That other scripture I was talking about. Where is it found? Revelation 24. And I saw thrones and they that sat on, on them. And judgment was given unto them. Remember, I used the scripture the last time to show you the two yeah. classes. The tribulation saints and the church. Okay, so let me read it again. He said, I saw thrones and, and they and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And that's one group. I mentioned that's the church, isn't it? You see that the I saw and I saw, the word I saw is in brackets. 
Have you seen it? Yeah. It means that it's not in the original translation. It's actually not part of the scripture. So it's supposed to be read like this. And the, the source of them in other script, in other Bibles is to be italicized. That shows you that the translator put it there for it to make sense. So it's supposed to be like this. And the source of them, so two groups, it's actually two broad groups. One is the church. The other is the source of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads and in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So all these are the tribulation saints. Wow. Have you seen it? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they will live and reign with Christ for 1,000 years. But I'm even talking about those who were, Bible says they were, they were sealed, they had the mark of God on their foreheads. Seven word. Re- Revelation 7 word. 7 verse 3. Look at, let's look at it. Revelation 7 verse 3. I think we just read it though. No, it's not this one. We just read this one. It's not this one. Okay. Maybe when we find it in the future, we'll put it there. So, the next group who are saved are the group that are, are respond to the, the, the message of the two witnesses. There are some two witnesses that will come and come and preach. Okay. You know, when before Jesus died, Jesus had them, he was transfigured before his three disciples. Peter, James, and John. I don't know if you remember. Matthew chapter 19, from verse 1. I don't want us to read it. I'm just mentioning it. And when Jesus was transfigured before them, there were two people who were with them, who were were with him. Moses, and then who? Elijah, isn't it? Okay. Now, um, in the wedding, stages of the Jewish wedding, there's a place where a covenant is signed. Okay, is it? What's it called? It has a particular name. I forgot it. The covenant, remember, he ratifies the covenant, they take the communion and all that, but something is signed with two witnesses for the wedding. Uh-huh. And the two witnesses that came to come and certify the wedding was Moses and Elijah for Jesus. Uh-huh. And these two witnesses have the spirit of Elijah and Moses because of the things that they do. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. So, in Revelation chapter 11, from verse 1 to verse 13, you see they are, the way they were how they ministered, revealed their gain in, with these two witnesses. And I was giving me a read like unto a rod, and the angels, and the angels stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city which they tread underfoot forty and two months. That's three and a half years. Forty-two months is three and a half years, isn't it? Uh-huh. So he's talking about the times of the Gentiles that Jesus also spoke about. So for the next, for during the Great Tribulation, the, three, the last three and a half years will be serious for them. He says they shall tread down, go back, and out from the story. And I will give power unto the two, two witnesses, and they shall prophesy. At, this is what I was reading. Go to verse 2, please. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. He's talking about Jerusalem being tread underfoot by the Gentiles for three and a half years, which is a great, the last aspect of the Great Tribulation. Please, you understand? Yeah. Then he says, and I'll give power. So during that time, I'll give power unto my, my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in sackcloth. That's more, a little bit over six months. Next verse. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man who heard them, fire proceeded out of their mouth. Who is that? Elijah. Elijah. Right, Elijah is represented here. And if any man who heard them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man who heard them, he must 
he must in this manner be killed. They rain down fire. When they talk, fire comes down. And it says, these have power to shut heaven. Who's that? Elijah, isn't it? That it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood. Who is that? Moses. And to, that's Moses. And to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. That's Moses. Next verse. <laughs> verse 7. And they shall, they sh- and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beasts that are sent out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So they will be killed after six months. Next verse. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. That is Babylon. That is Babylon, actually. Huh. Babylon. Babylon has a, it's called a, it's called a city. You, you see it when I show it to you. Where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and chance and nation shall see their dead, their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. They will say they shouldn't bury them. They should leave them out there for, for the whole world to see them. Three and a half days. And they that dwell upon, upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another. Because these superfests tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Remember? Yeah, for six months. I mean, they're raining down fire. If you talk against them now, fire is coming to you. It will not be easy for them at all. So they were excited when they died. Next verse. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. And they stood up on their, upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. So some people will see the resurrection. They will come out of the dead. Quickly. Next verse. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. Just like Jesus ascended to heaven. And their enemies beheld them. They were sent. They will rise from the dead and they were sent to heaven. Life. That one and to not be a twinkle of an eye. It's life. They'll be going like that. And everybody will see them now. Next verse. And the same hour was a great earthquake. When they ascended, great earthquake and a tenth part of the city fell. That's Babylon. And in the earthquake were slain of men, seven thousand, seven people, seven thousand people died after the ascension. And the remnant were affrighted. The remnant were what? They were, they were afraid. They were shocked. And gave glory to the God of heaven. So, after they've seen the two witnesses, they are preaching and everything, the things that happen with them, they'll give glory to God. So, some people are changed here too. All part of the mercy of God. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> then, apart from this incident too, there are some angels that will preach, four, three angels that will preach the everlasting gospel. So there are those who, who are converted as a result of the preaching of the everlasting gospel as well. That's also found in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 to verse 7. And then from verse 13 to verse 16. Let's read it. You like my message? Yes. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven. Having the everlasting... I can't wait for the resurrection. Hey. Can, you, can you fly? Yeah. You'll be flying like this. Just imagine you flying. <laughs> the way you like Superman. If you watch uh, 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 Avengers, hey! someone, someone, you know, I think the last Avengers came when was it last year? Last year, one in January, one guy said, "Ah, this is a bad time to die." Because <laughs> if you die, you miss out on Avengers. Can you imagine? <laughs> what a shock! And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach. So there's a, there's a gospel called the everlasting gospel, which is actually preached in all of time. Okay? Unto them that dwell on the earth. So they preach unto 
them that are on the earth. And to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. This in the midst of the great tribulation. Saying with a loud voice, fear God. This is the content of the everlasting gospel. Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel. Saying, okay, go, go down. Let's not read about Babylon. We'll read about Babylon probably on Sunday. Later today and then Sunday. Go to verse 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from what? From henceforth. This is after the preaching of the, the everlasting gospel. From henceforth, yea, see the spirit. Normally we use the scripture for ourselves, but actually it has a particular meaning. Yea, see the spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Amen. Verse 14. And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud... One sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his, in, on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Next verse. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for, to, for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. For the harvest of the earth is what? Yeah. Is ripe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, next verse. Then just and he that sat on the cloud thrust in the thrust in the in his sickle in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. So it seems as though after the preaching of the the gospel, the everlasting gospel by these angels, that a lot of people in the earth will change, and he's going to thrust the holy uh, God is going to reap the earth. The earth will be reaped once again. In other words, more people will be taken away to heaven. Another kind of rapture may happen. And we don't know if it's, this is rapture or it's going to be by death or whatever. But the earth is ripped again. Before Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you read on, you see when Jesus comes. Next verse. After this happens, the next thing, verse, eight, verse 18. And another angel, so verse 17 rather. Go back. Another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp circle. The first one was someone who looked like the son of man. Sitting upon a cloud. With crowns upon his head, isn't it? But this one is another angel. An angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in the sickle into the earth and gathered in, gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So this harvest is different from the first one. The first one are harvest for Christ himself. And the second one, I harvest for the distraction, for distraction. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the wine press was trodden without the city, and the blood, and blood came out of the wine press, even onto the horses' bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. That's two hundred miles, which is about three hundred and sixty-five kilometers. He's talking about what will happen when Jesus comes on that day, as we come with him out of the clouds. I'll explain this aspect to you properly very soon. Okay? I want to try and make it step by step so that you don't get confused. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So have you seen it? Yeah. All these people will be saved at different times. You have some being taken, some dying, all kinds of things will be happening. Some explain that fasting on the circle and the harvest of the earth for Christ as another kind of rapture. That's where we have mid-tribulation rapture coming in. They have people who be going then, some people are taken. So you have people dying, people being taken, people dying, people being taken, and all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But in the midst of all of that, some people will still not change. So many will not change. 
many are saved, but many will not change. Go to chapter 16, Revelation chapter 16 from verse 1. Revelation 16 from verse 1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple, out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So these are the pouring of the wrath of God. That, you remember, Jesus talked about it, that the, the sky shall, the sun shall be turned into blood, the water shall, all those things are going to be happening in these verses. And see the response of men. Just see the response of some of the men who are on the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth. And there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. So they had sores. And the second angel, that was the first vial, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as a blood of, of a dead man. Then it is an every living soul in the, in the, died in the sea. I don't know which souls live in the sea. By the way, this one is saying, it seems there are some things in the sea. I've been saying it all as well. It says, and every living soul died in the sea. You can think about it later on. You can. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art, and was, and was, and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. Name this. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him, unto him, unto the sun to scorch men with fire. <laughs> Look at verse nine. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which has power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. And mo- it's actually those who received the mark. Uh, it's actually those who received. I was having a discussion with Pastor Mark and. He was mentioning something that those who receive the mark uh, receive a, a spirit that makes them very stubborn and they hate God completely. Next verse, verse ten. So you see, they don't they don't mind God though. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And blasphemed the name of heaven, the, the, the God of heaven, because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. Wow! wow. Can you imagine? As all these things are happening to them, they will not repent. Though. They will not mind God at all. Jump to verse seventeen. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the into the air, and there came a great voice after the temple of God of heaven from the throne, saying, "It is it is done." And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since when since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts. That's the, the Babylon. Okay, so he says, And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Next verse. Do you like the fact that I'm reading scriptures to you? Yes. If you like scriptures. And every island fled away, verse 20, and the mountains were not found, verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified will show us the weight, I'm sure. Uh, 60 pounds, between 50 and 60 pounds of weight, of stones coming from heaven. Of immense size fell from the sky on the people, 
And men blasphemed God for the plague of the hail. So very great was the torture of that plague. Stones would fall from the sky. 60, 50 to 60 pounds. How much is it in kilos? Kilograms. 22.6 kilograms. And 60 pounds would be about what? 27 kilo. I don't know if you've seen, you know 27 kilograms. So that's what the big one, yeah. Like that to fall on people like that. It should not be easy. And they will not change. The, the interesting thing is that they will not change. They will be insulting God. They will be blaspheming God. And all of that. Wow. wow. So these are some of the things that happen during the Great Tribulation. The sea, the waters are plagued. There's darkness. There's stones. There are many things. God will pour out His wrath upon men. You can read some of them in Revelation chapter 4 and 5. You see many things that... You know, in the book of Revelations, they talk about the same things in different ways. So you can go to one chapter and you see so many things said, which are in reference to the last times, what will be happening in the last times. And then the following chapter talks about the same thing, but in different ways, different aspects that uh, were not told in the first, are told in the second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So all these things will be happening on earth. Whilst we, Charlie, whilst we are in the bedchamber of our, of our Lord, Sipping on some on some some tins, hallelujah. It will be very exciting. And as that is happening, you have plenty things happening on earth. Plenty things. So it's in your own interest. I don't want to have that. I want to go with the first batch. So first flight, we are all going. Hallelujah. So the next stage of the marriage is that the groom shows the bride publicly, isn't it? You remember? So the groom and the bride come out into the open to show themselves to the rest for another type of feast. So that's the sixth stage. And what it implies is, is the second aspect of the coming of Christ. So Christ will come with us. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So this is the stage 6 of the stages of the marriage. Coming to show the bride. The groom and the bride coming out into the open. The heavens will open one day, live and colored, and we'll come down with our Lord Jesus Christ, live like that. So Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. You remember, I was, I was, amen. You remember I was showing you what the word clouds meant the yeah. last time, isn't it? It's a cloud of witnesses. And the cloud of people that comes with him. So Jude chapter 1 verse 14. Look at Jude 1 14. And Enoch also, the servant from Adam prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with what? Ten thousands of his saints. Ten that, that means millions and billions of his saints. He didn't know the word billions at that time. So he called it ten thousands of his saints. So on that they will come with them. The heavens will open. And the, our Lord will be will be on his white horse and will be on our white horses. Wow. Hallelujah. Following him like that. Revelations 19 from verse 11. More evidence. Revelations 19, 11. So he comes to show us. He comes to show us to the world. What a blessing. And Jesus said, you see, as the lightning lights from one side of the, the heavens and shows on the other side, so shall my coming be. Every eye will see me. Every eye will see me. And I saw heaven open, Revelation 19, 11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. Next verse. 
His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. I'll explain all these things very soon. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. I can see you coming on your white horse. Hey! Clothed in fine lining, white and clean. So we'll come with him. The heavens will open. And we'll come with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, verse 8. We'll be coming with him on that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming to show us. Boast with us. So 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. It says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, that is the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So actually, our showing will be a showing of war. So as we come with the Lord, we'll be coming, we'll be coming into the midst of a particular war that will be happening. So that is the Battle of Armageddon or Megiddo. There's a place in Israel called Megiddo. And you remember, Jesus said that if you see that Jerusalem is compassed about, Know that the time of the desolations has come. That's on the three and a half year. For that three and a half year, Israel will be destroyed, killed, and all. Too many things will be happening. And there are some people who will not be happy with what the Antichrist does. They call them the people of the East. So some things, there are various things that happen. Look at Revelation chapter 16. Let's read from verse 12 to verse 16. I'm just trying to show you some of the stages that will lead to the end of times. Says, and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up. Okay? That the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So the river Euphrates was, is what separates um, Europe from um, um, uh, Asia and all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that thing will be, it will be dried up. God will dry it up. He says, sit and you poured out the river upon the great river Euphrates. And the river thereof was dried up. That the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So the kings of the east will come. And I saw three, three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, that is the devil, and out of the mouth of the beast, that is the Antichrist, isn't it? Yeah. And out of the mouth of the false prophets. The beast is actually the, 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 the beast upon which the, the great mystery Babylon rides on, which is the kingdoms of the earth, the seven kingdoms of the earth, with the ten kings that will be at the end. Okay, that's the ten tools that Daniel saw. Then he says, um, Let's read again from verse 16. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast. So one will come out of the mouth of the dragon, one will come out of the mouth of the beast, and the other will come out of the mouth of the false prophet. Okay, this is, uh, the, the devil also tries to form a trinity. Uh -huh. God has Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He also has dragon, beast, and false prophet. Next verse. <laughs> Then it says, for they are the spirits of devils. The frogs that come out of their mouths are the spirits of devils. Working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great, that great day of almighty God, of God almighty. Have you seen it? Yeah. Then it says, behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Next verse. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Amagedon. Okay, so... We'll be coming. That is the place where we'll be coming. You know, Jesus was Jesus ascended on Mount Olives. Jesus, Jesus' feet to touch Mount Olives on that day. And when he sit, as soon as his feet touches Mount Olives, 
I told you to split into two. And the breath of his mouth will destroy all the kings who would have gathered. The kings of the east would have, will be coming to come and fight the, the kings of the west and all of that, that the Antichrist have gathered. Then they will see us coming. When they see us coming, they will turn and try to fight us. And the breath from Jesus' mouth will destroy everybody. There will not be any Jackie Chan type of battle. There's nothing like that. Look at Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. Revelation 17, 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings, one hour with the beast. He's talking about the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. Have you seen it? And the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is the Lord of the of Lords and King of Kings. And they that are, are with him are called and chosen and faithful. That is us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So on that day we'll be coming. And when we come, we'll come into the battle of Armageddon. The battle at Armageddon, not of Armageddon. The battle at that, that's the location. And then we'll come with him like that. And on that day, the Bible says that. So that is the the fruit of the vine. That's the angel spoke about in the other place where we're reading. If you remember. Yeah. Revelation chapter 14 from verse 17. Another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. Another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire and cried with a loud cry to him that had a sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. In other words, the sins of humanity is fully, is fully ripe. Next verse. And the angel thrust in the circle, in, in a circle, into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the winepress, even onto the horses' bridles. So on that day, the number of people that will die, the bodies that will gather, will be up to a horse's bridle. Which is like five feet up. More than that, even. On the horses building like that. So many people, because thousands, millions of people gather. History says uh, uh, um, there are certain portions of the Bible that refers to 200 million people. 200 million soldiers will gather for war on that day. And the Lord tries to fight the Lord. He says that, the, and he shall, verse 20, 14, Revelation 14, 20. And the wine press was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the wine press, even unto the horses' bridles, by the space of 106 furlongs. I told you that initially. That is about 200 miles, which is 365 kilometers. So that's that's a lot. That's a long one. That's like from here almost to Kumasi. People, so many people, like that. Okay, and he will not fight with the blast of his mouth. All of them. And that's the, that's the wine press. It's called the wine press. So in Isaiah chapter 16, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 63, rather, from verse 1 to verse 4. Isaiah 63, from verse 1 to verse 4. It says, Who is this that cometh from Edom? He's describing Jesus Christ. With dyed garments from Bozrah. All these things have meanings. This, that is, glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I, I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Next verse. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like that, like him that treaded in the wine fat or the wine press? Next verse. I have trodden the wine press alone. This is Jesus talking, a prophecy about his speech. I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in mine anger and trample them in my fury. 
and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiments. <laughs> verse, verse 4. For the day of vengeance in my heart, and the year of my redeemed has come. Wow. wow. So Jesus will come like that. <laughs> like that. And everybody will be gone. Millions of people will die. And it is said that it will take about six months to gather and bury their, their bodies. It will not be a joke. It will not be a small thing. So go back to Revelation chapter 19. I mean, so the same thing is said in different places. I'm trying to pick them up for you, okay? Let's read from verse 16 to verse 21. So our showing is actually a day of war. A, a day of war. The day we come out of our, our groom's house. <laughs> As we are coming out, we are coming into war. So he says he has on his on his, on his vesture and on his tie a name written, King of Kings. Let's read from verse verse eleven, so that it makes more I don't know, it makes more sense, okay? And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and righteousness he does judge and make war. He does what judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, he's coming with anger, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Do you remember this one? Yeah. What we read in Isaiah chapter 63. So it was Jesus we were talking about. He has a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. So out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of God Almighty. Have you seen this? So that's what you'll be doing. The day he comes, he's coming to press them. It will not be easy. Next verse. And he has on his, on his vesture and on his tie a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Next verse. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. So the supper of the great God is the death of all of the all of these people who gather themselves, who follow the Antichrist and gather themselves against God. Next verse. That ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and born, both small and great. Wow. wow. So on that day he shall come and he shall take all of them out. Have you seen it? Then he says, and I saw the beast. You remember the beast? Yeah. And the kings of the earth. And their armies gathered together to make war against him. That sat on the horse. And against his army. Same thing. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet. That wrought miracles before him. which With which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped him, his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire. Burned with brimstone. So the lake of fire has its first... Uh, uh, hosts, his first guests. The beasts and the false prophet are cast in there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he sits down to judge. So there are several things that will happen. Let's look at um, so many things. I don't know which one to even pick now. Look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 8 to verse 11. And they followed another angel saying, Babylon is falling. Babylon is falling. It's falling. That grace is because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. And the third angel followed them saying. With a loud voice. If any man worship the beast and his image. And receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand. 
the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Next verse. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. Who worship the beast and his image, and whoso receiveth the mark of his name? Wow. Wow. So on that day, when Jesus comes, he will come and that's like that. So many people will be destroyed. All those who took the mark of the beast will be killed with a sword. There's a place where it mentions it. I forgot. I think I didn't write it. But they shall all be killed. Jesus will sit down and judge the nations. It's called the judgment of the sheep and the goats. All those who helped Israel. So there's a popular scripture in Matthew 22. Let me look for it. Matthew 25, verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. So he shall use... Uh, it is said that between the, 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 the time of Jesus' coming, physical coming on earth, and sitting on earth, Jesus will build... Uh, uh, he will build Jerusalem once again. Because Jerusalem would have been destroyed. He will use about 75 days to do the judgments of the sheep and goat like we are going to read here. And he will use that same time to also build the whole of Israel. And then he shall have his seat in there, in Jerusalem. Okay? And people will come in and go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the camp of the saints will be built as well. I'll show you those ones too. And before him... Uh, this verse was 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a sheep divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So this is another kind of salvation that God will bring. Up. Jesus wow. will bring. Then shall, remember, this is when he comes in his glory. Yeah. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. That is, they'll be allowed to enter the 1,000 year reign of Christ. For I was unhanged, and he gave, this is the reason why he's accepting them. He says, for I was unhanged, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. So this, this is not referring to doing philanthropic works. It's very important for the church to feed the poor or individuals to feed the poor, go to prison and all of that. It's very important. But that's not what Jesus was talking about here. That's, there are other scriptures for that. It's just not part of it. Then it says, Then shall the righteous answer. Righteous where? Righteous in that particular time. Then shall the righteous answer him. Those who he separates and call sheep. Saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? They didn't know him. They didn't know these are people who didn't even know Jesus. They would say, Lord, what, what are you talking about? When saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee an, a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. So, he say that you as you did it unto one of these my brethren, you did it unto me. Remember, he seals them. And they, are, they, they, will, be, they will be chased, they will, some, will, some will die and all of that. They will be looking for a place to hide. So if someone helps them and saves them, someone may know I've taken the mark of the beast and helps them. I don't know if someone even takes the mark of the beast and does that. Maybe he'll be spared. I don't know. We can't tell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he tells them, come and come and be with me because you did this unto my brethren. Next verse. 
Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhanged, and he gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and he gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and he took me not in. Naked, and he clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and he visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord. So they to call him Lord. Have you seen it? They also called him Lord. So on that day, he is Lord of all. And everybody must respect. So, oh, when did we, we don't know what I'm talking about. When saw with thee and hanged or thirst, or thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not minister unto thee. What, what are you talking about? We, we don't know what you're talking about. Then shall he answer them, saying, Very likely unto you, in so much as he did, did it not one of the least of these, he did it not to me. Hallelujah. And they shall go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into life eternal. Wow. Praise the Lord. So on that day, Jesus comes like that and he comes for the salvation of the Jews. He'll come and save them. Remember what I read to you in Romans chapter chapter 11, verse 25, if you remember. Let's read it once again. Romans. Romans 11, 25. For I, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit, that blindness in part has happened unto Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles becoming verse 26 and so all Israel shall be saved as it is written they shall come out of Zion I said they shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins you know, in the covenant, is talking about what is written in Hebrews chapter 8 and Hebrews chapter 10. He says, He shall give them a new heart, a new spirit, and all of that, and they shall keep his laws. It's not a small thing. I mean, many things will happen on that day. But he shall come to save Israel. Look at uh, Luke chapter 21. Let's read from. We started reading from verse 20 the first time. Let's read from verse 20. And when you shall see Jerusalem compared with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be distress in the land, and wrath upon these people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden under foot and uh, down, of the Gentiles unto the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Look at verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Israel should look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. So on that day he shall come and redeem all of them. Wow. Save them out of the jaws of the, of, of the Antichrist and of Satan. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't it not a blessing? So these are things that are going to happen. The Bible has mentioned them. In the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 7, or Daniel chapter 2 rather, when the book of Nezah saw the image, the golden image of uh, a golden image, a statue, big statue, you know, with gold, silver, and all of that, 
he couldn't understand. So he called and said he would destroy all the all his uh, his scientists and his philosophers who they couldn't understand. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part of them. So he had to pray, and God gave them insight. And Daniel, so God showed Daniel the meaning of the times of the Gentiles, what was going to be happening from that time until the time of the coming of the Lord. So after seeing all that image, he says he saw a stone cut out from a mountain without hands. And it came and came to crush the feet, because the feet of the, the, the beast, the, the statue had clay, was clay and iron. It hit the feet and then broke the, the, the statue into pieces and it vanished into, the, into thin air. And that stone became a mountain in the air that filled the whole earth. It's called the corporate crushing stone. And that corporate crushing stone is actually us and Christ coming on that day. When we come on that day, we come as a stone that is cut with our hands. You can see some in Daniel chapter 2 verse 45. Daniel 2 45. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that they break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, which represents the times of the Gentiles and the rulership of Babylon. The great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. So Jesus will come, he will crush Babylon, the great save Israel, and then establish his kingdom for 1,000 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I wanted to show you about Mishti Babylon and how Mishti Babylon is destroyed. But because of time, we'll do that on Sunday. I'll show you about human government. So I'll talk about Daniel chapter 2 a lot. Some scriptures in Daniel chapter 7. Then I'll show you some scriptures in Revelation chapter 17, 18. How Babylon is and what it is and what it means and what it is now. And how Christ comes to come and destroy all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, I know you've been blessed. I know you've learned something. I know you've been enlightened. I don't think... You see, I'm seeing all these things. I'm, I'm trying to let you know why we are preaching along these nights. It's to help you. It's to get you saved. Okay? And get you serious with God. And to be inspired to help others. To get others saved. I don't think you want people to go through all these things. You know, there are two ways of preaching these things. There's one way of preaching it to get people into the kingdom. Letting them know that if you don't get born again, these are the things that you are going to be going through. And even if you are not fortunate and you die in your sin now, yours is done, it's finished. You are even fortunate if the Lord comes for us and you are still around. You have an opportunity to change. But if you die and you go, you are dead, you are gone. So whichever way you turn, there is no safety for you. The only place where there is safety is in Christ. And you need to give your life to Christ. You may be watching me this evening on the screens right now, and you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you've hung around Christians. When I say professing Christians, I'm not saying prophetic Christians. It's not prophetic. I say professing. People who talk like Christians, they are around Christians, but they have never given their lives to Christ. They have never believed and never confessed with their mouth. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. Let's read it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. Then it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So maybe you are watching me and you have never done this. You have been around, you are born into the church. You were baptized by the priest when you were born. That does not mean much. You've never given your life to Christ. Never get, when you, as you've grown, and you have conscience, you have conscience, you have you, you know who you are. You you don't remember ever 
seeing, believing with your heart and seeing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord over your life and that he died and rose again. You are not born again. You are just hanging around church. If he comes for his own, you are not part. You are not his own. There is nothing in you that is for him. Maybe you've been in church. You've been around for a long time. But you have never done that. You have never. You've hung around. If you went to Sunday school. If you went to Bible. You can go to Bible school and not be born again. Wow. Oh yes. You've been learning about the Bible. You have knowledge. The knowledge of God. But you've never done this. You are not part of God's bride. When you believe with your heart. And you confess with your mouth. Then you become a part of his bride. And that is the only qualification to be taken. On that day. So if you are watching me and you are not born again, I want, you to, I want to lead you to Christ right now. Close your eyes wherever you are and say these words after me because you believe with your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. I believe that he died. I believe that on the third day you rose him from the dead. I believe that he ascended up into heaven and is seated on your right hand right now. Father, I declare boldly with my mouth that I believe in all these things and that I'm a child of God. I receive eternal life into my spirit. From henceforth, I am the righteousness of God. You said in your word that if I believe I have righteousness. And if I confess, I have salvation. I've believed and I've confessed. Therefore, I'm righteous. And I declare boldly that I'm saved. Devil, I'm a child of God now. God has taken me from your kingdom into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you, if you just said those words, brother, congratulations, you are born again. Welcome to the bride of Christ. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Now you're a child of God. I want you to call us. Send us a message. Send us a message. Call us. Let us know what has happened to you. So we can send you materials that will help you grow the way you're supposed to. We're not saying come to a church. But we will send you materials that will help you. It's not about a church. No, there are churches that have come and gone. That's what we are talking about. We are not trying to uh, secure the prosperity of the church. No, that's what we are trying to do. We are trying to serve our generation the way God wants us to. So, send us your, your number and all of that and we'll get some materials to you. If you don't have a church, this church is a beautiful church. Yeah. We are excited. We love God. We love Jesus. We are serving God with all of our hearts. Join us and you will never regret it. We have a lot of wonderful people in the church who are spirit-filled, who will be good friends to you and help you stand for the Lord wherever you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Congratulations once again. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.